Pastor, this is, I don't consider this uh, giving me a leg up on anyone. I consider this a calling, a responsibility. I, I still have to live the life. I, I don't get any, there, there's no special brownie points. There's nothing special about doing this because it was a calling. I still have to qualify. Remember what Paul said? I love what Paul, Paul said. I don't want to preach to others and myself be a castaway. You all remember that? How many of y'all come to Bible class on Wednesday? Because we talked about these types of things. We're, we're studying an amazing set of books. Please check in. We're studying. Uh, oh, yeah, I'll get that. Thank you. Thank you, Lisa. We're studying um, First and Second Timothy. Amazing lessons. Thank you, Brother Beecham, who's teaching us beautifully. Uh, that is when we don't hijack the class with other topics. But for the most part, we stay on point, and uh, we're learning some beautiful things about Paul mentoring uh, Timothy. Um, so I want you to, I want you to, we'll just jump into the, today's lesson in uh, Acts chapter 12, which is another book that Brother Beecham has taught us on Wednesday nights. We did a complete in-depth study on the book of Acts. And let's just pray. Lord, we just thank you that we can learn from the book of Acts and the other 65 books in your word. We ask that this morning that you are glorified in all that we do and that your people are edified in all that we do to your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Here's what it says in Acts chapter 12, verse 11 through 16. Here's, I'm going to read it to you. When Peter came to himself, by the way, Peter had been in prison, okay? Any of you ever been in prison? Don't raise your hand. Don't raise your hand because your, your, your criminal record is, is confidential and those records are sealed and hopefully they've been expunged by the FBI. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, wow. Uh, Red says, wow, like, how deep, what, what did y'all do? <laughs> what did y'all do? No, uh, so, so Peter was in prison actually for doing nothing. He was in prison for, for preaching Jesus and him crucified. Amen? So James, the brother of John, listen, James, the brother of John, had just been arrested had just been arrested and executed. James, the brother of John, had already been executed, maybe the day before, I don't remember the exact day. And Peter was waiting to be executed. He was on death row. Only reason that he possibly weren't rescued, uh, executed already was because they were on the, coming up on the Sabbath. And he was scheduled to be executed right after the Sabbath by Herod, who was going around rounding up Christian leaders and killing them by beheading them with a sword. And Peter was next. So that's where we pick up the story. Peter was next to be executed by beheading for doing no crime of passion, no crime that was a capital punishment, nothing but naming the name and preaching the name of Jesus. And so the saints got together to pray. How many of you... How many of you all had just an old-fashioned prayer meeting lately? We're going to come back to it. Don't answer that question. Oh, here's what it says. When Peter came to himself, he said, Now I know for sure that the Lord has sent forth his angel and rescued me from the hand of Herod and from all the Jewish people and all that the Jewish people were expecting. Because an angel came. Imagine this. You're in jail innocently, and an angel comes unshackles the chains that have you bound to the ground, opens the door 
without disturbing your cellmates, without disturbing the Roman guards, without disturbing the jail keepers, without disturbing passerbys that might be walking by the prison, right? Without disturbing anybody else, the Lord sends an angel to release you in the middle of the night. Don't you tell me, don't you tell me prayer doesn't work. And ain't, if you ain't even praying for yourself, somebody might be praying for you. We sing a song, somebody prayed for me, had me on their mind, set, took the time to pray. Where's Sister Julia when you, Sister Julia, are you, a, are you a, the one Sunday I was going to call on you to just go impromptu? <laughs> That's okay, though, Sister Julia. I know she's having some back challenges. We're going to pray with Sister Julia. But I love it. I love when Sister Julia sings that song. Had me on their mind, took the time to pray. So the saints have gathered together, and, and they're, they're praying for Peter that he doesn't get killed, murdered by Herod. So here's what happened. The angel releases him. Here's what verse 12 says. And when he realized this, that is, when he realized he wasn't dreaming, <laughs> I guess so. An angel miraculously releasing you from death row, perhaps 24 or more hours before you're to be executed, and you know he will do it because he already did it to James. Peter had to shake himself and say, wait, is this real? It is I'm free? <laughs> Am I really loose? And when he came to himself, I guess he just made a beeline to Mary's house, the mother of, Jay, of Mark, John. John Mark, the guy that was a, a traveling uh, missionary companion of Paul at one time and was also a companion of Barnabas. So he went to Mary's house, the mother of John Mark. And here's what happened. On verse 13, uh, you're going to love this. He knocked at the door of the gate and a servant girl named Rhoda came to answer. When she recognized Peter's voice, notice it says his voice, not his face. I guess there was no peephole. I guess there was no way for her to actually see him right away. She just heard his voice. She recognized his voice, but it says in verse 14, because of her joy, how many of you know what joy stands for? J-O-Y, Jesus over you. <laughs> because of her joy, she did not open the gate, but ran in and announced that Peter was standing in the front of the gate. They said to her, you are out of your mind. The King James Version, the King James Version, I believe, says, you are mad. One version I read said, you ain't seen no Peter, you seen his ghost. Translated by a better translation, you've seen his angel. But she kept insisting in verse 15 that it was so. And they kept saying, not just once, it was his angel. It was his ghost. You saw a hallucination. You're, you're mad. Verse 16 says, but Peter continued knocking. And when they had opened the door, they saw him and they were amazed. Oh, boy. How many of you read this about Rhoda before? This, this is... This particular passage just moves me. 
but I'm just going to cut to the chase and keep it very short. Number one, Rhoda. I got four things about Rhoda that I pray will be a blessing to you. I, I pray you take copious notes because had I put all of this in my notes, it would have been 11 pages. So I'm going to cut to the chase. Four things about her that I think that can bless us today, July 31st, the last day of this month. I believe this can be a blessing to you. Ready? Number one. Here we go. Rhoda was a servant. It's amazing that I started this series. I should have put, had this in a one-word rap. The very first person that we profiled in this series on God using the unlikely, uh, the unlikely was what? A servant girl. It, we don't even know her name. How many of you know that even when y'all don't know the person's name, God knows their name? How many of you know that God sometimes uses nameless people to bless you? How, do you, how many of you know that sometimes God blesses you from people that you don't even know about? Have you ever just been blessed by a stranger? I'm not talking about, you know, just someone you know that just decides to give you a gift and blesses you like our beloved sister Mary Favors does from time to time will just drop a gift on you for no reason at all and, and will be expecting one in return. But I'm not, no, I'm just kidding. No, she would never. No, but I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about just some stranger. Well, I'm going to tell you something. Rhoda was a servant and Naaman's Naaman's uh, servant girl, we didn't even get her name back there in 2 Kings. I think it was 2 Kings, was it? It was actually 2 Kings chapter 5 we started this series out on. And here we are again talking about a servant girl. The first thing for you to know about Rhoda is that she was a servant. And there's just something about serving that touches my heart. But more importantly, there's something about serving that touches God's heart. I'm just so moved by what Matthew 25 says. Well done. When the master returns to his servants to see what they have done, there were three servants given three sets of talents, talents being gifts, endowments, opportunities to work for him. He came back after giving one person five talents, one person two talents, and another one one talent, and two of them made good. They increased their investment by 100%, and the Lord said to both of them equally, well done. You all with me? Y'all still with me? Well done, my good and faithful servant. Enter into the joys of the Lord. You have been faithful over a few things. Therefore, I will make you ruler over what? Many. Amen. This girl was a servant. Listen, there is something special about service. There's something special about people that serve. Let me just say this to you before I move on to point number two. Make sure you find a way to serve. Make sure you're serving somehow. There was a lady, uh, think, I think they're a friend or a relative of Brother Beecher that was in Bible class Wednesday night, and she had a great saying about something that her husband said. She said that her husband said that we should, be a, we should have a Paul and Timothy in our lives. We should have someone that we are a mentor for and someone that is mentoring us. Well, I'm going to take that a step further. I think all of us need to have a rota in our lives. We need to find some way to serve somebody. We need to find some way to serve something. We need to be found in his service. 
God has given you something to do. Even if you consider it not to be a special talent or a special gift, you have the ability to do something. If it's nothing more than a word of encouragement, a peacemaker like Abigail, a person that breaks up fights, a person that gets on the phone and calls and says, hey, I, I was thinking about you. I just wanted to call you and say I love you and I'm praying for you. I just had you on my mind and I took the time to call you up. Amen. I mean, think about it. Serving is so simple. You don't have to be super, super gifted or talented. All you need to do is be available, willing. I, I just love, I love this girl's heart right away. I'll tell you why I love her. Because the number two, the number two thing is that she was courageous. Here it is, two, three, four o'clock in the morning. Number one, the fact that she's up. And the fact that, wait a minute. There's somebody knocking on the door. You got all these men up in here praying, and y'all sending a anywhere between 9, 10, 16, 19 year old girl to open the door in the wee hours of the morning. Brothers, what's up? <laughs> Why is Rhoda? Now, I know some of you say, well, Pastor Will, chill, dude. It was her job, she was a serving girl. Yeah, but at 3 in the morning, should she be going to the door when Herod is going around sending his goons and his hitmen knocking on the doors of the Christian leaders to have them executed to snuff out this movement called the way, to snuff out the Christianity of the day, and he's killing people starting with James, and he's going on down with Peter. You're going to send a young maiden girl to open the door in the wee hours of the morning? Now, I don't know that they sent her or she was just exciting, thinking that that could be the Lord's answer. That could be Peter. And she just went to the door. Either way, I give her props, much kudos for going to the door at night in the wee hours of the morning, perhaps. Courageous because she could have been snatched up by the Romans. Okay, here's some Christians. Hey, this little girl, she'll do. Let's kill a young girl to send the fear of God into these Christians. She could have been murdered. But she heard the knock. And I'm going to take the believe all those scripture doesn't say specifically. I'm going to take the mindset. This is me. You'll say, Pastor, well, you're just reading into it. Well, I'm taking a literary license right now because the scripture doesn't say. I choose to believe she ran to the door because she had been along with the other saints praying all night. And she was thinking, like, this could be the answer. This could be Peter. Why not? It doesn't have to be a Roman guard. It can be the very thing that we're praying for. How many of you know that sometimes you're praying for something and God got the answer that's already knocking on your door? You're praying, and God has already sent the answer. You're praying, and, and, and I know I'm off camera. Sorry, I got to get this because I don't want to misquote it. You're praying. You're praying, right? You're praying that God's doing a great work. You're praying, and, here, and, here, and here's, what, here's, what the song, here's what the song says. You're praying. I'm praying, God, come 
and turn this thing around. God, turn it around. God, turn it around. You're praying for God, turn it around. And I'm thinking, I'm thinking what the outro of the song says. He's up to something. He's doing something. He's healing someone. He's moving mountains. He's doing it right now. We're praying and God is busy doing it. They're praying for Peter's release. Peter's at the front door knocking, let me in. <laughs> Woo! We're praying and God's working. We're praying and God's moving. We're praying and God's healing. We're praying and God is delivering. We're praying for a solution and God is fixing the, the problem. God is the solution. Woo! I believe she went to the door because she said, there it is. There it is. There it is. Won't he do it? Won't he do it? He's knocking. Woo. Joshua 1.9 says, have I not commanded you be strong and courageous? Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. You in the pit with a lion on a snowy day, God's there. You in the bowels of a prison, shackled to other inmates that are guilty, God is there. You're, you're Peter, you're Paul and Silas in Acts 16, in prison against your will, unfairly, unjustly, and you're praying and singing at midnight, God is there. Breaking chains, breaking shackles, releasing us, freeing us. Don't you think that because you don't see anything that God ain't doing anything? Yes. I'm going to try not to run, Rod. I'm going to try to keep it together because I got two more quick points, but I'm getting, I'm getting happy just thinking about this, this. Listen, this message has been percolating in me all week. I couldn't wait till it was Sunday. I was up here yesterday about five hours hoping that that Tiff would walk through that door and we could start singing. But Sister Marie and I were just up here. I was just waiting for this day because I was so excited to tell you guys about Rhoda. Rhoda is the bomb. Let me tell you that. I don't care if she's nine, whatever age she was, the Bible doesn't say, I learned something this week from Rhoda. I didn't think there was nothing else to learn after Abigail, but Rhoda has just rocked my boat. <laughs> Rhoda is, I got one more thing about it, two more. Here's the one more thing coming up next. Rhoda was a joyful messenger. Watch this. Watch this, saints. It says that when he knocked on the door of the gate in verse 13 of Acts 12, the Bible says a servant girl named Rhoda came to answer when she recognized his voice. See, that, that's why I stopped there. Peter's knocking on the door. Hello? Hello? The Bible doesn't say he was saying, this is Peter, former fisherman from Peter and Company Incorporated. <laughs> this is Peter, companion of Jesus. The Bible says she just heard his voice. 
that's important to me because that suggests that she was in such a, a sense of expectation that she was listening, I believe believing, I believe trusting, I believe expecting God to do something. And God didn't disappoint. She heard his voice and because she was so excited, because she was so joyful. How many of you ever been so excited that you just forgot to do what you were supposed to, you were intending to do? Because something just hit you and you just got happy. Y'all ever been that happy? You ever been that happy to some Mary Favors? You ever been that happy, Rosie? You just, the Lord just, the Lord did something for you. The Lord did something for you so amazing that you just, you couldn't process it at the moment. I'm just trying to sense the joy, the joy that she had. I love this. I love, I love, I love that the word of God had been absent in Israel all during the dispersion. Israel had been captured by the Babylonians. Israel had been captured by the Assyrians, rather. Judah had been captured by the Babylonians and eventually taken over by the Medes and the Persians. And Nehemiah was in the service of the king and asked, could he go back? He was the cupbearer. Could he go back and rebuild the walls around Jerusalem so that they could worship properly? And he was granted permission. And as he went back and connected with Ezra and they started rebuilding the wall in record-breaking time and they had church, their first church service in decades, decades, this remnant of the saints that were there, they came together and they started worshiping. And Ezra stood up in the pulpit made of wood and started opening the word of God in Nehemiah chapter 8. And as he opened the word of God and started speaking it, the people were crying and weeping and bowing their face to the ground, worshiping God. And the Bible says that Ezra stopped and said, wait a minute. The joy of you rejoice today. This is not a time to weep. This is not a time for sorrow. And this is what he said. Listen to this. He said, for the joy of the Lord. Nehemiah 8, 11, I believe it is. The joy of the Lord. The J-O-Y. The joy of the Lord. What is it? It's your strength. The joy of the Lord is our power. The joy of the Lord is our energy. The joy of the Lord is our excitement. The joy of the Lord is our dunamis. The joy of the Lord keeps us going. The Bible says because Rhoda was so full of joy that she didn't even think to open the gate to let the man in. When you just got that joy all over you, full joy unspeakable and full of glory, you can't think of anything to do but I got to go and tell somebody. I, gotta, I, can't, I can't keep it to myself. I can't sit on this. I can't be selfish. I got to share this good news. Woo! Hallelujah. She couldn't open the door. There was no time to open the gate. I got to tell somebody. <laughs> we used to sing an old song. 
We used to sing a song that I thought I, I, I thought I, I, I tried not to tell somebody, I think it says, but I just couldn't keep it to myself. I couldn't keep it to myself. So she left poor Peter. <laughs> she left poor Peter at the gate knocking. And, and so she's, she's, she's back in the prayer room. I'll come to that finally for my last point. She, she, she's back in the prayer room saying, Peter's here. Peter's still at the gate. Oh, yeah, I know that for a fact. The scripture says it. Peter is still knocking. Hey, 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 I'm out here. Hello. We can celebrate together inside where there's a little more safety. Peter's still knocking. They're calling her mad. They're saying she's lost her mind. They're saying she's tripping. And Peter's still uh, can we discuss this later? Right now, I need to get in. They're giving her the third degree, and Peter's out there sweating bulls. He don't know how far the pursuit or how close the soldiers are. He's just saying, um, can, we, can, we, can we open the door? And Rhoda's saying, Peter's at the door. Oh, my goodness. Here's the final point. Rhoda was a servant. Rhoda was courageous. Rhoda was a joyful messenger. And let me tell you what else Rhoda was. Rhoda was a prayer warrior. That's, that's where I'm ending the sermon. That's my last point. But let me just tell you a little bit about that before I sit down. She wasn't just a prayer warrior. She also was a faith warrior. I believe that she wasn't just asking. I believe that she believed God was going to do it. Too many of us pray, and it's just a Hail Mary. Too many of us pray, and it's just a pipe dream. Too many of us pray, and it's just a wish. Too many of us pray, and it's just a hope. I believe. The definition of a prayer warrior is that you also, as hard as you pray, you believe even harder. You trust even harder. You are confident even harder. Are y'all with me? Yes. She wasn't just a prayer warrior. She didn't see the man's face. She didn't get a touch on the shoulder. She heard the voice say, God done did it. There, there he is. There he is. Excuse my English. God has done it. God is it's over. It's finished. The, pur the purpose of prayer is not just to change things. The purpose of prayer is to change us. Sometimes God doesn't give us what we want because what we want isn't what he, we need. Sometimes God doesn't give us what we want because it's not what he wants for us. Sometimes God doesn't give us what we want because it's not good for us. Sometimes God doesn't give us what we want because we aren't ready to receive it. Sometimes God doesn't give us what we want because we haven't asked long enough. He says, ask in the Gospel of Matthew. The verb form there is the perfect present. Keep asking. Keep on asking. There's no stop short 
about it. It's keep asking. So they were praying. God sent the answer. Rhoda runs to the door and opens the door. Oh, uh, uh, hears Peter's voice. Runs back and tell him. And they start calling her names. Girl, get over here and sit down somewhere. G girl, you, you sleepy. Girl, you done lost your mind. Girl, you mad. And I'm just thinking, here, here's, here's how I'm thinking this week. I'm thinking that, I'm thinking that Rhoda is, <laughs> I'm thinking that Rhoda is listening to this, and I'm thinking in Rhoda's mind, she's thinking like, y'all call me what y'all want. This brother's at the gate. You can talk about me if you please, but I'm gonna keep on staying on my knees. You can talk about me and ridicule me, but I know in whom I have believed. Peter, Rhoda was not to be denied. She heard Peter's voice. So let me tell you all something. I don't care if people criticize you. I don't care if they call you out of your name. I don't care if they talk about you or your mama. You know it ain't true, and you keep on, listen, you keep on believing what God has showed you. You don't stop because of some haters, some critics, some buzzkills, some just negative people, some people that just want to bring you down. You stay firm on the truth that God has given you. I don't care what the crowd is saying. I don't care what your friends are saying. I don't care what your peers are saying. You know in whom you have believed. Stand firm on that rock. Woo! Lord Jesus. Rhoda, Rhoda was not to be denied. Rhoda was not to be denied. Saints, let's not be denied. Let's not let the world suck us into their vortex of evil. Suck us into their doubt and dismissal. Suck us into their de deceit and denials. We don't get sucked into this stuff because the Bible says, for we are not ignorant of his devices. We know what the devil is trying to do. He's trying to bring us down. He's trying to make people think we're crazy. He's trying to make people think we've lost our minds. He's trying to make people think that we're mad. He's trying to make people think that we don't know what we're talking about. But you know, you got to know beyond a shout, shout of a doubt. You got to know what you know, and you got to stand for it. I don't care who criticizes you. The saints can criticize you. The pastor can criticize you. Your parents can criticize you. You stand firm on what the word of God says. Prayer is simply agreeing with God. That's what prayer is. Prayer is us agreeing with God. Communion. Fellowship with God. Amen? When we get on the same page as God, we don't have to worry about what we, what we need. According to 1 John 5, 14 and 15, if we're on the same page as God, he's going to give us what we want. I'm done. Let me give you the Monday morning moment. Here's the Monday morning moment. It's kind of a long one. Sorry, I couldn't, I couldn't do a, a pithy little short uh, Jesse Jackson Monday morning moment. 
as Beecham would say, I had to go along for him. So here's the Monday morning moment. Since God graciously honors even the weakest faith, how much more so will he do for us if we totally trust him? I'll read it again. Since God graciously honors even the weakest faith, how much more would he do if we totally trusted him? I mean, that's really straight out of scripture. He says that a mustard seed worth of faith can move a mountain, whether it's a, whether it's a symbolic mountain, whether it's a literal mountain, whether it is a emotional mountain, whether it is a symbolic, uh, of, of, a, uh, a mountain of, of disbelief. God can move it with just a mustard seed of faith. What could he do if we really threw down and got serious? Oh, my goodness. Wouldn't that be amazing? Oh, what, who, who knows what God has waiting for us in our lives, what he has in store for us, what's coming next? God, what are you? Remember the words of the song that Rick and Deanna sang? What's coming next? All of my hope is in the name of Jesus. Breakthrough will come. Come in the name of Jesus. I'm praying, God, just come and turn this thing around. I love that end part. I just was just so, so thrilled by that, by that song that he's up to something. I repeated it. I'm, I know I said it before, but I'm repeating it because I just believe that God is up to something. They're praying and Peter's knocking at the door. Get with it. God ain't sitting idle by. God is not the one that's not doing anything. If things aren't happening, either we need to learn patience or we need to keep praying. Amen. Amen. I love what the man said over in Mark 9, 24 about his daughter. Lord, the Lord said, do you believe I can heal her? The man said, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. My problem is with doubt. My problem is with, you know, having this, this uh, discourse going on in me. My problem is this, this dichotomy. My, my problem is this duplicity inside of me. I, I believe, but I'm just struggling with doubt and unbelief. Lord, we just thank you for this word this morning. It's incomplete. I'm, 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 not, I'm not finished, but I'm stopping. I'm not done, but I'm going to pause here because, Lord, I just pray that you let what we've heard marinate inside of us. May we process this word. May we apply this word in our lives, Lord. May this word take root so that we can walk it out every day, live it out. There's so many more beautiful nuggets as my nephew Todd says, preacher, great preacher, extraordinary in his own right, there's just more meat on this bone. There's more, there's more to be said about this young lady who can teach us volumes. We just ask, Lord, that you just let us process what we've learned this morning and make it rhema in our lives, that it goes from logos to rhema, and that we walk it out, that we live it out. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you. God bless you.